Looking for a Bible to encourage the girl in your life? The NIV Kingdom Girls Bible is a beautiful new Bible that will inspire girls ages 8 to 12. It contains 400 features and colorful illustrations and highlights famous and sometimes infamous women of the Bible. Special notes will encourage girls to apply Bible passages to their lives through prayer, art, and activities. Go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com for a free sample and to learn more about this amazing Bible. Visit NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com today. The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, and today I am going to be talking to you a little bit about how we raise our children to love the Lord. And, you know, if you know anything about me, I like to just keep it real. So trying something a little bit different this time and coming to you um, from my kitchen here recorded uh, on video. So I'm going to see how that goes this time. But for those of you who are listening, um, you're not missing much except my messy kitchen. So like I said, keeping it real tonight and um, just wanted to share with you from my heart about this topic because, you know, I think it's so easy to kind of slip into this thinking and to sort of get complacent really with our homeschooling and feeling like you know, if we just homeschool our kids and, um, you know, we just teach them all the right things and they're with us every day, that somehow everything's going to turn out okay. They're going to love the Lord. They're going to grow up and be successful, intelligent, wonderful adults. And, you know, that's just, that's just the key, right? We just homeschool them and they'll turn out great. And, you know, I think we have to be very careful that we don't slip into this kind of complacency and this thinking that it's some sort of magic bullet, right? Because we know that there are no magic bullets and the Christian walk is hard work and parenting is hard work. So how do you raise your children to turn out right, (laughs) to turn out to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, and you know, like the Bible says, how do you raise them to turn to, to love the Lord, basically? And I wanted to talk about this because, you know, we've been so blessed in our family. We've had our ups and downs and our, our trials. I think there's no perfect parents, right? There are no perfect families. And we're all going to struggle in certain respects in one way or another, And I think if you ever see anybody who doesn't struggle, um, you're either lying to yourself or they're doing a pretty good job of deceiving you because we all struggle. And so it's not easy. Even if you homeschool and you you do these things to try to uh, really live out the faith with your children, um, we're all going to have those struggles. So it's important, first of all, that we be honest with each other. And, you know, I don't have, 
I don't have the magic bullet. I'm just going to share with you some things that have really worked in our family and just share with you from scripture um, some principles and some some things that I think we can really gather from scripture and just just wanted to share with you my heart and our experience in our family. So if you see me looking over this way, those of you who can see me, who are actually watching on YouTube, um, I have two screens here. So I've got my notes in the one side and, and I'm looking at you over here. So that's, um, that's what you'll see me doing. But anyway, so let's get started. And, you know, I'm just going to take a minute and I'm going to pray real quick, because we don't do that enough on this show. You know, I don't think I, I don't know if I've ever prayed on this show, as a matter of fact, maybe once or twice, but we're going to go ahead and do that because this is such an important topic. And I want to make sure that we really are, you know, that I'm just sharing um, what the Lord wants me to share. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to just help other moms and homeschooling families and what a privilege it is Lord to share my own experience and all my warts and all with everybody and I just pray Lord that you would help me to be real and honest and to share what you would have me to share to inspire and encourage and help moms to be confident in their calling and um, who you've called them to be and what you've called them to do and in how they lead their children. And I just pray that you would be our teacher and that we would remember in everything that you are the ultimate teacher and that we can trust you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay. So I wrote down some things earlier today that I wanted to just share with you about how we can raise our children to love the Lord. And, you know, I think, I think we know, if we're honest with ourselves, that homeschooling isn't the magic bullet. Because we look online and we can see all kinds of horror stories or supposed horror stories from homeschool graduates who hated their experience and who talk really very negatively about homeschooling and about everything that their parents did. And, you know, it breaks my heart because I just think here's these parents that poured into their kids and whether they did everything, I mean, whether they did everything perfectly or not, and we know they didn't, right? Because nobody's perfect and no situation is perfect. But, you know, parents make mistakes and some parents make a lot of mistakes. But I'll tell you what, the older I've gotten the more grace I've learned to give my own parents. And I'll tell you what, I'm careful about what I say about my parents and what they did right or wrong, because I know that my kids are going to grow up someday and they're going to do the same thing about me. <laughs> and I just think, wow, I want to give my parents grace because it's a tough, tough job. And I just so respect and appreciate my parents for everything that they did for me. Even though I wasn't homeschooled, I went to Christian school. It was a very good Christian school. And my parents, um, you know, they did everything that they knew to do for us and really tried to um, make sure that we had a wonderful education and that it was 
a, an education that put Christ first. And so I'm really grateful for that. And, and so I think it's important that, that we're grateful and that we honor and respect our parents. And so many, you go online and you see so many homeschool graduates that don't do this. And it breaks my heart. And you know, one of the things I think is, it makes me wonder if the focus was really more on the academics and on checking off the boxes and making sure that all of, of those, you know, those educational, the to-do list was done and perhaps maybe there wasn't enough emphasis on some of these biblical ideas, like even just the most basic thing of respecting your parents, of honoring your elders. Um, and so, you know, that can really come back to bite us as homeschooling parents. We need to make sure these things are first uh, because character is important and our kids can be really smart and we can graduate them and, and have all those boxes checked that the state tells us we have to do. And they can be, um, you know, they can just not be in the right place spiritually. So I think, um, you know, pretty much that eliminates that idea that if we just homeschool, they're going to turn out great and they're going to love the Lord um, because we see that's not true. And, you know, Israel Wayne has a great article, a blog post that he shares on his website, which I'm going to put in the show notes as well, because, you know, just addressing this whole idea. And I thought it was just a wonderful art article that I want to share with you. I literally laughed out loud at a couple of the lines in, in there um, that he had, because he's basically like, you know, you might be expecting me to all of a sudden talk about how my mom did everything wrong and how ungrateful I am and she ruined me, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I just love that. But so here's some ideas, okay? Getting down to the practical nuts and bolts that I want to share with you. Here are some ideas from our family because, like I said before, we're not perfect. But I do have to just, and I totally give all the glory to the Lord, I just have to say that my kids really do love the Lord. My oldest is 18. He just turned 18. So he's officially an adult. I feel like, okay, we've done this thing. And he's graduated. Um you know, and I have my whole idea about high school and, and what constitutes graduation in our household. household. Um, we have very relaxed stipulations, uh, requirements here in North Carolina. And that has been a blessing to, to our family um, because we didn't have to hold him back from where he felt God was calling him and, and basically waste time with classes that we didn't feel were necessary for him. So I have a whole, that's a whole other topic in itself, which we won't get into right now. But so he is graduated. He's an adult. And, you know, I see this godly man, young man who loves the Lord and spends hours in prayer and Bible reading. And again, I just give the credit and the glory to the Lord because um, we can't make our children love the Lord. But some of the things that we did with him, and then um, my daughter is 15, and she also just has this love for the Lord and a, a joy of the Lord. And, um, you know, we had some really rough patches that we had to go through, which she and I are planning to share her story at some point soon. Um, just some amazing 
things that the Lord has done in her life um, through circumstances that only he could coordinate. But um, I just see in her this joy of the Lord now, and God has really done so much in her heart and, and changed her, but he's changed me. And I think that is the main thing that I want to get across to you is that it's so important that we be changeable um, and humble because, you know, this process of homeschooling and of, of raising our children to love the Lord, it's, it's a process that should have an impact and affect us as well. And we should be changing and growing. We have not arrived and, you know, I think sometimes as parents, we can um, almost act as though we have. And that's a problem. We need to be teachable. But I'm getting ahead of myself because that's one of my points. So first point is make your relationship with the Lord your top priority. If you want your children to love the Lord and make him their top priority every day, then you've got to lead by example. You need to be waking up early enough, going to bed earlier if it means doing that and and leading by example spending those first hours of the day in time with the lord doesn't necessarily have to be first thing in the morning but i would really recommend it just because it's just going to set the tone for your whole day and you know the bible talks a lot about uh, david in the psalm says early will I seek you? And there's just, there's a lot in scripture that kind of gives the idea that we, we go to him first thing. He should be the first person that we talk to every day. Um, this is a relationship. You think about if you had the opportunity to, to spend time, well, and hopefully you do with your spouse every morning. I mean, you want to get up and you want to say hello and you want to talk to to your spouse a bit, your husband before he goes to work or your wife before, before you head out of the house for the day, you husbands. So that's important to us because we love our spouse, right? We love our spouses. And so that has to be the priority and, and your children will pick up on that. They'll see how important that is. If you spend that time and you say, listen, this is important time. I have to be in God's word and I have to be praying every morning. Um, and not in a legalistic kind of way, but again, it's just about love. If you love him, you want to spend time with him. And so the second thing I want to mention is something that we did with our kids is we made the daily devotions a part of their morning chores. And that might sound a little bit, um, I don't know, like really it was a chore, <laughs> um, so we don't, we don't want it to feel like a chore to them, right? But it is something they have to do. And we have to train them in this way. The Bible talks about, about being disciplined. Um, I'm thinking there's a verse, um, disciplined unto godliness or, or something along those lines. So it's important that we teach our children how to be self-disciplined and how to to be in the word every day. And just, again, if they see us in God's word and they see the joy that it brings us and we talk about it with them, then they're going to want to do the same. So get them some exciting books and um, study Bibles that they can use, some devotionals. There's some great ones that I'm going to recommend in the show notes. Um, in fact, I'm trying to remember, I didn't write it down, but there's one that's 
a series of Bible studies for kids and it's got some questions at the end of every chapter. And my son, my oldest son really loved those. He went through those a lot in his devotions, but it'll be a study of a, of a Bible character. He had one on Jonah. Um, I think they were by Kay Arthur. Uh, she was the author of those. So I'm going to add those into the show notes as well. Um, but those were really great. And then the early reader Bible was something else I'm going to put in the notes. And that is a Bible that's just, I mean, it's what it says. It's an early reader Bible. So the words are very small and manageable, but it just goes through all the Bible stories. And Connor, my oldest, when he was four or five, actually he got it for his fifth birthday and he devoured that Bible and just read right through it. Um, Another little group of books is um, there's some little, again, I didn't, didn't bother to look them up before I got on, the, on this show today on this episode. Um, um, but there, I'll put them in the notes and there's some little books. There's a whole series of them and it goes through different issues that kids deal with like stealing or lying, um, different sin issues. And they're from a child's perspective. So they can really relate to that. And then, of course, it has the scripture in there. They're not super deep, um, but Corbin, my youngest, who's seven, almost eight now, he loves to read through those during his, his uh, devotional time. And sometimes at other times, too, he'll just pull them out and read through them because I think they're very relatable to him. So that's another good idea. Something else that we did to encourage them in their spiritual walk when they were young is we just challenged them to pray like Solomon did. We said, hey, you know, God promises that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and he will abundantly supply. I might be misquoting this slightly, but um, basically God's not going to condemn you. He's not going to ridicule you for asking for wisdom. He loves to give us wisdom. And that is a promise and so we really challenged our kids. I remember in particular Connor um, with that challenge. He just, you could tell that was really impacting him and he was going to go do that. And, you know, we could tell after, I don't know how long it was, but we could just tell he's been praying for wisdom because he has wisdom. You could just see that develop in his young life as a, as a kid, as a little young Christian. And so I think it's just exciting to kids to think that they can, they can do these things, just like the Bible characters. They can pray for wisdom, and God's going to answer, and he's going to pour out wisdom to them. And so that's, I think, a really important thing to teach our children. And it's definitely made an impact on him just, just as he's uh, gotten older and grown up. We just continue to see the wisdom that God gives to him. Another thing is you really need to have daily family devotions. It's really important that your kids see the whole family together, worshiping God, include music. It's a wonderful thing. Um, praise music in your house with your kids singing, your, family, your whole family singing. Sometimes in church, they don't feel as, as connected maybe, or it's just, you know, there's a lot of people. It's just a different atmosphere. But being at home, in your home, and worshiping together just as a family is a really, really sweet time. And, you know, I think it's important, too, that they see their father leading. 
and being the priest of their home because the Bible talks about this. Fathers are to be the priests of their home. They're to lead spiritually in the home. And so that is a very important thing that, that you need to try to do. And I know I'm, I'm speaking mostly to women who listen to this podcast. I, I believe, I'm just assuming most of you are women. So it can be hard sometimes if your husband works a lot or maybe he's just not really on board or maybe he's not even a Christian. I know um, that's also a possibility. But just really try to encourage him and be positive about it. And, um, you know, just if he's not really wanting to lead, then you just get out your Bible and, and read the Bible with your kids and sing a few songs. We have some great praise and worship music that, that we have on our computer. You can go to YouTube. You can find all kinds of songs, and it's got the lyrics right there. So it's just a wonderful thing to bring music into the home and to, to really talk about Scripture um, with your family and what it means to you as a family. Um, so that's just an important thing for you to encourage your husbands to do if they're not doing already and for you to just do with your kids if you need to do that. Um, I think it's the rare husband that would be upset about that if you want to just go ahead and, and um, take the, the leadership on that until he comes around and sees what a benefit it is. But I would definitely encourage you also in that. And that's something that we are pretty faithful with. I'm not going to say we do it every single night, but it's pretty close. And again, it's a sweet time. We just enjoy being together, fellowshipping, praising the Lord together as a family. And it's also a time you can talk about issues that you might be having um, or, you know, special prayer requests or to talk about people at church that you need to pray for and maybe reach out to and serve. Another thing that I'll say that we have done is we've really tried to make the Lord a part of everyday life. Bible is not a separate subject in our home. It's the subject. It's what everything else gets filtered through. It is central to our home. Our faith is central. It's Again, it's what everything gets filtered through. It's, it's what everything else hinges on. And so I think that that is extremely important. Um, you know, we often talk about things the Lord has done. The Bible talks about having remembrance stones, stones of remembrance. And in Israel, they would do this. They would set up a stone, a big stone, and there would be some, um, some event, some answer to prayer that God had provided. And that's, what was there to, so that their kids would ask, what is that? And they could share the story of, well, this is what the Lord did. This is to remember this amazing miracle that the Lord did for us. And I think in our own lives, in the lives of our families, we need to have these stones of remembrance. We need to talk about the things the Lord has done. Maybe you need to have actually a physical thing. I mean, why not? You could even have a stone, paint it something special or, you know, make that a family thing. I'm just like inspired all of a sudden. Here's a great tra tradition you can start. Um, get some stones. And when the Lord answers some big prayer in your family, you could paint it with um, something that's going to remind you. And then as the younger kids get older, they can ask about 
what is that stone for? What does that mean? And you can share the story. So there you go. Just the top of my head. <laughs> I'm never short on ideas, just time and organization <laughs> to pull them off. Um, but that might be something you can do. Why not? Or some other way to have a physical reminder, maybe a journal that you keep and you just record what the Lord's doing in your family. And when you need that encouragement, because we all do, and our kids get discouraged sometimes, or they don't really see the Lord working, um, maybe there's other things in your family that are going wrong, then you can go back and you can recount those things with them. Listen, look what the Lord did for us here or here. You know, in our family, it's the story of, I mean, among other things, one of the things is the story of how we got this homestead. It's like a miracle. Um, and I can't even go into it. I think I'll probably link to it in the show notes because I, I have it all written out in my personal blog, which um, is kind of defunct at this point. I don't even get over there much, so I need to move that story over. But it's just amazing how the Lord gave us this homestead. It's three acres. It's right down the street from our from my in-laws, from John's parents. And, you know, we just really felt the Lord impressing on our hearts that we needed to be close to them, especially as they got older, because we wanted to be the kind of children that would take care of our parents. And, and so we really were praying about that. And the Lord just laid it on my husband's heart that he should take out his 401k. And here I am, I'm launching into the story, but it's just so good. I had to share at least a little bit. It's, there's a lot more details even, but he felt led to that, but he thought, Lord, it's only $50,000. Like, what can you buy for $50,000? Well, apparently you can buy three acres and a house, a 2,000 square foot house for $50,000. Um, actually less than that, because we got it for 40000 and had 10000 to do repairs, and or not repairs, but um, renovations, and kind of fix it up a bit. But it's, it's an amazing story. Who would think? that God can answer a prayer like that, but he can, he's God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So that's what we tell our children. We share this with them as an encouragement to their own faith that the Lord answers prayers and he loves to give good gifts to his children. You know, he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. It says that in Psalms. Um, and that's something, I think it's Psalm 37. I was just reading that the other day. In fact, I was, praying about something that day, um, having just a, a day dedicated to that. And there my Bible flipped open right to that passage, and my eyes just happened on that verse, and it was a verse that our pastor had just shared the previous day in church. Um, so it's just so neat when the Lord does these things. And we need to share them. This story, I shared, I shared this with my kids, just to encourage their faith. The Lord really cares about these little things, and He wants to answer our prayers. And he's a real and living God who still speaks today in a very real way, personally. So Bible can't be this subject in your homeschool. I'm not saying it shouldn't be a subject, but you can study it as a subject, but it should be interwoven in every part of your life schooling, in every part of your day. So the fifth thing I have here is that we've done is, is to really try to get to their hearts with scripture. So what I mean by that is particularly with training and discipline, you know, it's not all about 
because I said so. Oh, if there was one phrase that drove me crazy as a kid, it was because I said so. <laughs> and you know, I understand that appeal to authority. Parents um, feel the need to point out that they are in charge and God has put them there and you obey just because I said so. So I understand that. But you know, our kids, they want to know why. And don't we want to know why too? I mean, that's one of the biggest questions we ask God is why. And sometimes he says, because I said so. But you know, he's gentle and he's tender about that. And generally speaking, he tells us why, at least to some degree. Uh, you know, he, he will give us reasons for, for the laws that he has. We know we're not supposed to lie because it hurts others and it, it's you know, Satan's the father of lies. We, we know that it's hurtful to others. We know that we're not supposed to steal because um, those things belong to someone else. And we're supposed to work hard for the things that we have. So God gives us reasons for things and we need to give our children reasons and not, it shouldn't be because I said so. We need to disciple them and train them and teach them in scripture and why? Why do we have to do these things? Um, and so I just think it's so important to bring in scripture with the discipline that we give to our children. And, you know, we have to, to not just tell them in a vague general sense either that, well, because the Bible says so. Get out the, get out the Bible. <laughs> You know, show them chapter and verse. Where does it say that I need to respect my parents? Or where does it say that I have to do all things without murmuring or disputing? This is one I had to use with my youngest today because there was a lot of murmuring and disputing. And, you know, that's one of the challenges is if we're not dealing with direct disobedience, we might be dealing with a lot of murmuring and disputing. So I say, Corbin, that's, that's whining and complaining. And that's not what God wants you to do. And, you know, it's about bringing the gospel back into it. Okay, it's one thing to say that's not what God wants you to do. It's another thing to say, did you know that Jesus died? to pay for that sin, that whining and complaining, and that it says in the Bible we're to do everything heartily as unto the Lord. We're supposed to work as though we're working for Jesus. And is that how you would work for Jesus, by complaining and arguing with him when he's died on the cross for you, for your sins, and he loves you so much, and he just wants to have a relationship with you? You know, the, you appeal to their conscience, and God put the law on our hearts. It says that in the Bible that the law is written on our hearts, and that's how everybody, Christian or non-Christian, knows if something's right or wrong. We do have at least a basic sense as human beings as to what right and wrong is. And so in our parenting, we have to appeal to Scripture and appeal to the conscience um, by bringing scripture in. And I have another wonderful book that I can share um, that we use in that process that actually has a list of, it just goes through all kinds of issues that you might be dealing with, complaining, as we we're just talking about, or disobedience, 
all kinds of parenting issues and they just have some um, activities you can do with the kids and they point out scripture verses. And so I just will walk right through that with, um, you know, my youngest now, my older two are, are kind of past that stage, but you know, even so we still bring in scripture to our, just to our conversation and, and they're not perfect and they have to be reminded too, you know, you're, you're whining <laughs> and you're 15 or 18. You ought to know better by now. Um, but, you know, laying that foundation when they're young and that that is so important to teach the obedience and the having a good attitude right from the time they're young. Because if you can get that in them, then the rest falls into place. So you have to bring in the Christian walk even to your discipline with your children because it's not just about them obeying you because it makes life easier because let's face it. That's a lot of times why we parent and discipline because they're making our lives hard and we don't like it. Um, but that's just kind of us wanting to get our way. So we have to make sure that we are actually turning their hearts towards the Lord in, in the discipline and discipleship aspect. So finally, and I've really touched on this one a lot throughout this whole conversation but the last point I want to make is that we need to be open and real about our faith. And this is something that we, again, have really tried to do with our kids. And sometimes we've been better about it than at other times. And, you know, you have to go back sometimes and apologize for, for those times when you haven't been teachable, for want of a better word. You know, our children teach us. And we have to be humble enough to take that. When they hit those teen years, you're no longer like up on this pedestal to them. They're all of a sudden realizing that all these things that you've been telling them to do all along are things that you're not always doing yourself. <laughs> and that can be a tough pill to swallow when you've got your 12, 13-year-old kid telling you, well, you know, you didn't do that yesterday. And, and they sometimes are doing it in a pretty snarky way, right? Because they have hormones. So it is just a powder keg waiting to explode sometimes between them and their hormones and pointing out the things that we're doing wrong and us and our pride, right? Let's be honest. And not really wanting our punk kid to point out that we are in the wrong. So, you know, this is a time for growth for us. They're growing, but we need to be humble and realize that we need to grow too. And that it's okay to just say, Hey, I blew it. I know, you know, all the time I'm complaining too, or yeah, I kind of did smart mouth, your father. I'm sorry. I'm going to go apologize to him. Um, we have to be real because they're not dumb. They see it. And I would just recommend before you have teenagers, you know, if you're watching this and you've just got young kids now, take note because now is the time that you need to start practicing this. It's really easy when they're young to feel like, oh, well, we'll just, they don't notice that. You know, don't look behind this curtain. <laughs> um, but they do. They're taking note. They're 
this it's so easy for them to forgive and to overlook at those young ages but it'll, it'll get to the point where they're going to point it out to you so the best thing you can do is start in the habit now of just repenting and being real to them and saying you know what i punished you this morning for arguing and complaining do you hear how i'm talking now i'm complaining and i'm arguing with god and that's wrong isn't it i need to repent and I'm sorry that you heard me doing that. Now, if you can start that now while they're young, it's going to be a lot easier for you later. And they will respect that. Their respect for you will grow. And it will really uh, be solidified in these, these young years. And they'll be able to give you more grace as they hit those teen years. Because they, they know you're the kind of parent that just admits you're wrong and is able to um, just move past that and ask for forgiveness. So that about wraps it up. And, you know, again, one more point I want to make about, about that last point is another real benefit to being real and open with your kids, starting with when they're young, is that when they hit those teen years, not only will it help them to give you more grace, but they will also be open and real with you. And they'll know that, that they're safe with you, that they can tell you things and you're not, gonna, you're not gonna get defensive. You're not gonna shut them down. You're going to listen. And that's really what this is about. It's about, about listening to them, being, learning to be a good listener and the things that we want to see in our children are the things that we need to practice ourselves because they're little mirrors and they will do the things that you are teaching them by example. And so I really hope that this has been an encouragement to you, that it's been a very practical uh, episode for you to just really think through these six points about how you can help your children to learn to love the Lord. And we've seen it work in our family. And again, I just give glory to the Lord for that because he is faithful. And even when we mess up, and we do, um, he's faithful. So let me know uh, if you have any questions. Let me know how this works in your own family, or if you have any other ideas that maybe I haven't touched on, I'd love to hear about those as well. And we can all learn and grow from each other. So that's Life as a Life Schooler. I hope you'll join us next time. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to this YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode. Happy Life Schooling. Bye.